0: Welcome to the Fire Church Podcast. Today we pray Holy Spirit will speak through this message and into your life right where you are. So today we are finishing up um, our series on Colossians number uh, chapter 4. Um, let's just read, okay? My name is Lee, by the way, if you missed that. I am the spare Alex. And uh, no, it's, it's true, people can't tell us apart. And I've played along with it. I don't care anymore. So, Master, give your bondservant what is just and fair, knowing that you also have a master in heaven. This is, okay. Verse 2. Continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in it with thanksgiving. Meanwhile, praying for us also, that God would open us the door for the word, to speak the mysteries of Christ, for which I am also in chains, that I may make it manifest as I ought to speak. Walk in wisdom towards those who are outside, redeeming the time. Let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer each one. Thichicus, a beloved brother, a faithful minister and a fellow servant in the Lord, will tell you all the news about me. I am sending him to you for this very purpose, that he may know your circumstances and comfort your heart. With Onesimus, a faithful and beloved brother, Who is one of you? They will make known to you all things that are happening here. Aristarchus, I think I'm doing well with these names. (laughs) Aristarchus, my fellow prisoner, greet you with Mark. That's an easy one. The cousin of Barnabas. Oh, that's a good story. Because Paul and Barnabas had a split because Mark decided to go back. And then Paul goes, Oh, he's a coward, this and that. And Barnabas goes, No, he's a good guy. And so they had a mighty split. And as it turns out, when Mark went back to Jerusalem, he ended up writing the Gospel of Mark. And later on, Paul proved himself to be wrong. And he says, can you please send Mark to me? He's very useful. <laughs> and so even a mighty man of God like, like Paul can get it wrong sometimes. But that's, that's why I said it's an interesting story. And Jesus, everyone's called Jesus back then, who is called Justice. These are my only fellow workers for the kingdom of God who are of the circumcision. They have proved to be a comfort to me. <clears throat> Epaphras, who is one of you, a bondservant of Christ, greets you, always labouring fervently for you in prayers, that you may stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. For I bear with him witness that he has a great zeal for you, and those who are in Laodicea, and those in Hierapolis. Hierapolis. Luke, the beloved physician, and Demas greets you. Greet the brethren who are in Laodicea, and Nymphus and the church that is in his house. Now when this epistle is read among you, see that it is also read also in the church of Laodiceans, and that you likewise read the epistle from Laodicea, and say to Arecippus, take heed to the ministry that you have received from the Lord that you may fulfill in it. This salutation, by my own hand, Paul, remember my chains. Grace be to you. Amen. So... I actually love Colossians 4, and in the initial thought is like, there's not much things that's happening. But the minute I started reading Colossians 4, the word prayer jumped up. Colossians 4, verse 2 to 4, I'll read it again, this one from New Living Translation. Devote yourself to prayer with an alert mind and a thankful heart, verse 3. Pray for us also that God may give us many opportunities to speak about His mysterious plan concerning Christ. That is why I'm here in train. Pray that I will proclaim the message as clearly as I should. Amen. Let's pray again. Father, we just commit this time to you, Lord. And I just pray that your Holy Spirit will just use me mightily to speak through me, to touch people, God. And uh, you cause the eyes of the people, God, to be open so that they can understand who they truly are, God. Because once they know what the secret, what the heart of prayer is, God, They would not be saying, I should be praying. It's like they want to pray because they get to. Father, just let this spirit of revelation be in this place. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. And so one of the beautiful things about doing a series is that I actually knew that I was going to be preaching in Colossians 4 about four weeks ago. And so I saw that the word prayer jumped up. And I thought, you know what, I'm actually going to give this prayer a go. So I started praying every morning for God to give me many opportunities to speak about mysterious plans. In other translations it says, God, open up doors for me to share the gospel and to share the message as clearly as I should. Ever since then, a whole bunch of stuff has been breaking out. Um, like last week, again, this is a, an intern's plug. Um, yes, join us for internship. I, was, I went out with Joe, Kat and Terry, uh, they're all out in other campuses, but I had a word about going to Seaford Beach, and then Joe had a word about going to Carrum Beach, and so I thought, no, 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 Did you go to Seaford Beach. He goes, no, I feel like Carrum Beach, oh, okay, we'll go to Carrum Beach, and then we go to Seaford Beach on the way back. So I went to Carrum Beach, there wasn't really anything, um, but on the, way, on the way back to the car, Cat, uh Kat Smith says, you know what, the person we're looking for has been here. And I'm like, okay, interesting. So we went to, uh, to Seaford Beach, had lunch, and, and we saw this young lady sitting down um, on a bench. And she was talking to a man, and apparently the, the man was trying to crack on to her. And she was like, felt really uncomfortable, and, and she quietly she said in her heart, like, gee, I wish someone would rescue me from, from this man. And then not two seconds later, we came forward and just started going. I walked past her and I said, hey, do you have like a pain in your left knee? And turns out she goes, yeah, it was in braces. So we started praying for her. She felt heat. It felt a lot better. And then started sharing the gospel with her. I shared my testimony. I shared Rochelle's testimony about being set free from depression and anxiety. Then I said, hey, you have depression and anxiety. She goes, oh, my goodness, I've got really bad anxiety and like, you know, um, I'm addicted to alcohol. I just came out of an AA meeting. And so we start sharing the gospel with her. We move to a table. Anyway, long story short, she accepted Jesus. And I know for a fact as well, we've got our brother, Al. Al, where are you? He's gone already. No, he's gone. It's all right. Praise God. It's okay. Missed his chance. <laughs> now, we got our brother Al here. Uh, I know for a fact that for at least three, four years, he, he always asked for prayers. He's like, can you please pray for, for God to prepare hearts for me, to love on? And I don't know if you've been following his Facebook feed. He's like leading to the Lord every couple of days. You know, he's leading people to Jesus. And I know that that's his prayer. And, and I think this is a similar prayer to, to this prayer right here. It's like, God, open up doors for me to share the gospel. And, and you know, after I start praying this for the last three weeks, I'm seeing amazing results. Like even last week, we went to the city with the interns. I, I shared it on Facebook. But um, you know, towards the end of the, the day, we were heading back to lunch, and I walked past this group of students, and I just felt like there was someone there with, uh, with a problem with their left ankle. So I turned around and I said, hey, boys, I know this is weird, right? But has any of you got a problem with your left ankle? And one of them goes, yeah, I do. He's like, I'm a Christian, blah, blah, tell my testimony. He's Like, we're just going around praying for the sick. Can I just pray for you? And he goes, all right, sure. Pray for him. I said, how do you feel? I can feel heat coming out of my hand. What do you feel? He's like, I don't know. It only hurts when I run. So I said, can you run? So he ran and he skipped and he came back. He's like, oh, yeah, the pain's gone. Then another kid goes, I've got a problem with my left ankle. Can you pray for that? So we prayed for that. His his ankle got healed again. Then back to the first kid, he goes, my right ankle hurts. Can you pray for that? We prayed. God healed his ankle as well. The fourth kid come along and goes, I've got shin split. Can you pray for that? Pray for that. God healed him as well. Then I shared the testimony, but why I came to Christ, Um, you know, I shared the reason why Jesus came. Like basically, that's what baptism, you know. Jesus came for the forgive to forgive us of our sins, but not only that, to change us. The old person is gone, circumcised, cut away. The old you get co-buried, you know, co-crucified, co-buried, and you come out a brand new creation. You get to be a brand new person, a new creature. And so, as I sharing that, I said. You know, what stops you from accepting Christ today? And all of them goes, oh, we're, we're Catholic. And I said, do you know what being born again is? And, and none of them did. It's like, oh, we're Catholic. I'm like, no, no, no. I used to be a Catholic once, but I find it really boring. <laughs> it is. It's, you know, I'm not trying to have a go with poor Catholics. But back in those days, it was like the priest would talk about one scripture from the Old Testament, one scripture from the New Testament, and then he'd talk about football. And I actually remember that sermon because it was like, that was the, the, the sermon that broke the camel's back, and you know, the straw that broke the camel's back. I'm like, this is so boring, I'm never coming back. I remember the sermon. I'm like, man, this is awful. Why am I here? And the reason I'm here is because my lovely mom kept telling me to go to church. She prayed for me, by the way. All respect to my mum, but what she tells me, I ignore. That's the truth. But one thing that I remembered was, like, you know, I don't know my testimonies. I, I ended up, in you know, taking drugs, selling drugs. And after five years of my mom praying for me, finally I got arrested. And as I was getting arrested, I said, God, my mom talks about you as though you're real. I couldn't remember what she says. Like, blah, blah, blah. I got to church. The Bible. <laughs> Sorry, man. So it was just like a whole bunch of nagging. And I'm like, oh, man. It's like... But she talks about you as though you're real. So I said, if you're real, do something right now. And I felt fire come on me. I got set free of two years of ice addiction in an instant. Amen. That's not how I started my journey. I'm being honest. So it wasn't what she said, it was her faith that got me. The way she speaks and the way she lived for God. Okay? So just to Hint to your parents, nagging doesn't help. Show them Christ. If you don't have it, you can't give away what you don't have. Amen? So, there's actually two um, directions in prayer, I believe. Uh, you know, in the book of Revelation, Jesus says, I going to make you a kingdom of kings and priests, a nation of kings and priests. Priests represent the people to God. Kings exercise authority. Are you with me? So, this angle is from the kingly perspective. Yep. If you don't understand this, as I, when I first uh, became a pastor, I only have one direction of prayer. I didn't understand the two directions of prayer. And so, the only time I think about prayer is, is intercession. And so, you know, when I became a pastor, there were a lot of problems and I, the way I got taught was lift up the problems and I would pray in tongues for, for an hour. And if you have five problems, I would spend five hours praying in tongues. Guess what What happens at the end of five hours? I am more freaked out than I began. And so I'm thinking, did, did God hear my prayers? I need to go back and begin again. I nearly had a nervous breakdown praying in tongues. Because all I was thinking about is the problem, 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 and I was not aware of the bigness of God. And so finally God in His mercy dealt with me and I I learned to roll things over. And now most of the time I worship God and I release authority. Okay, so this is from the perspective of releasing authority. So we're going to go to Scripture, Matthew 6, verse 9 to 13. The, The call of the Lord's prayer. The disciples came to Jesus. Sorry, I'm just moving on quickly, trying to... I'm aware that there's a balance between kids in the room and how much, how long they can hold on and, um, and a sermon. So Matthew 6, verse 9 to 13, it says, you know, this is where the Catholic, my Catholicness comes in. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptations, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. So that prayer tells us, it's like, hey, you know, every day you can come to God and say, hey God, sorry if I stuffed up. And to release those who also trespass against us. Amen. Because if we're not careful, sometimes these little offenses can creep in and it chokes the spirit connection between us and God. And so sometimes we also stuffed up and missed the mark as well. And so we ask God to forgive our debts. But he said, he said, I want to share something. When you accept Jesus and you repent and you turn around and you follow him, the Bible says you are born again. And there's actually five different words, you can go to seven, to describe the spiritual being, right? There's Brephos, Napion, Paideon, Tachnion quios, and peter. So brephos is newly born, like baby. Napion is nappies. You following me? And so in, in 1 John, John says, you know, young man, and it's like little children, I speak to you, then young man, I speak to you, then father, I speak to you. So he's addressing different maturity level. So in First Corinthians 3, he says, if you are a brand new believer, you are babes in Christ, you still kind of you're not mature in walking in righteousness, so you can be turned around, repent, right, and you can stumble, and you, because you're not mature, you're not strong enough in the ways of righteousness. Are You following me? And so I'm saying this because sometimes uh, when we preach righteousness and salvation really hard, some of you are convicted and you come forward, and some of you, I know you're, you're beautiful people. Like for example, is you know when we preach too hard, some of you ladies, you like you know like you repent when. It's like, who, who's, who wants to get right with God? And, and your heart's convicted because, you know, during the week you had a women's meeting and they said you only take one lamington and you took two. So now your heart is beset with guilt. And when the preaching goes hard, you come forward, you're like, oh God, I'm sorry. I kid you not. There's some people, probably Richelle, your heart is so soft that she probably thinks like that. Right? I'm on the opposite end of the scale. I was in the depth of sin, and so uh, my conscience was seared. I'm not going to go into that. It's not about that today. And so what I want to stress is verse 10. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So the disciples came to Jesus and said, Rabbi, teach us how to pray as John taught his disciples to pray. And Jesus says, pray this way. Father who is in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. May your kingdom come, may your will be done. The reason Jesus says that is because I believe the kingdom of God and the will of God is not necessarily being done on the earth. You're following that? People go, well, the will of God has been carried out. Have you watched the news recently? It's... You know, it's pretty wild, right? The earth is falling apart. I think it is falling apart because I believe that we are—we have something to do with it because I believe it's our job to bring the kingdom and the will of God onto the earth. Right? I have to say this, the... I have concern about the, the the way the American politics is being played out because because the way to get elected you get industry sponsoring you on the premise that when you get into power you remember them. So when you get Lockheed Martin and Boeing sponsoring politicians, it's like when you get when they get into power, sometimes they say, "Hey man, we need you to uh, to buy some of my missiles," and I believe that. There's concern about that, about wars being waged for the sakes of the economy. That's just, I just, that's just my concern. Now, recently I heard about judges, this, this kids for cash scheme. It's wicked. That judges are being sponsored by jails to send kids to prison because when the, when the people go to prison, the prison gets money. And so sometimes they send kids to prison who are orphans and, and, you know, for really minor crimes. They get sent there just for the sake of keeping the, the, industry, like the, the jails full. I'm like, oh man, like this world is really, really messed up. So God tell us, pray this way. Bring your kingdom, God. Let your will be released on the earth. Amen? God has given the earth to mankind. Psalm 115, if you can bring that up. Whoa. Psalm 115, verse 16. The heavens, even the heavens are the Lord, but the earth He has given to the children of man. It's a good place to say amen. amen. Psalm 8, verse 4 to 6. What is man that you are mindful of him, than son of man that you visit him? For you have made him a little lower than the angels, and you have crowned him with glory and honor. You have made him to have dominion over the works of your hand. You have put all things under his feet. Genesis 1, 27, 28. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, of the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth, God has given the earth to mankind. Our action and our inactions affects what happened on the earth. Another thing that um, that I've learned is that there's people who have been um, sexually abused, um... You know, after being a pastor in Geelong, one thing I realized is that there's a lot of people that have been sexually molested. And it's concerning. It's like after a while, I'm thinking, man, it's like more often they are molested than they're not. And I'm thinking, this is so messed up. Again, um, and a lot of them, you know, there's a saying, God's in charge. They find that really offensive if they've been sexually molested. Because they go, well, God's in charge, then why did God allow me to get molested? God didn't allow it. God gave us authority and dominion. And when adults who are supposed to be looking after the children are not looking after the children, they abuse their authority and molest children. All will stand before God and give an accounting for that. Are you with me? If you have done anything like that, there's mercy for you, but you have to turn around and go, you know what? I've done wrong. And I seek your forgiveness, God. Okay? And I didn't say, but this this is what happened. So that's not, it's not the will of God that people are abused. People use their authority and they abuse each other. Yeah? It's not the will of God. So here's the thing. 1 Peter 2.24. Hey, I'm doing all right. 1 Peter 2.24. Who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, having died to sin, might live for righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. You're not going to be healed. You were healed. Then the question is, if we were healed, why is there still sicknesses? Yeah? Because that's the will of God. And God tells us that it's our job to bring the will of God on the earth. We, having died to sins, live for righteousness, by His stripes we were healed. God healed us 2,000 years ago. God set us free from sin 2,000 years ago. Why is there still sins and sicknesses? Because we haven't applied it. Are you following me? That's why we're praying for the sick. We're not begging God to heal. God has already healed. What we're doing is we're going, body, line up with the Word of God. (laughs) Broken arm is like, be healed. And you're not going, oh God, please. No, no, no. He has already released it. It's up to us to take it. Be healed in the name of Jesus. And as we were praying, uh, as I was praying this morning, I actually saw something very interesting. I saw a bone being sliced open in half and I see that the bone marrow was not as much, it's like only a little bit of bone marrow and then what this does is that it causes your white blood cell to not be uh, the right amount. I believe... And I I looked at it, I'm like, is that that leukemia? It's like a form of, it could be leukemia, but that's what it is. I I didn't hear the Word of God, but that's what I saw. I just saw a vision of a bone being sliced open. There was a problem with the bone marrow and there's lower blood cell count. The side effect of having that is that you have low energy. You bruise easily. You get infections easily. So later on... um, in the ministry time, if you have that condition, what I felt like this person, if you, have, if you know you have leukemia, come forward later on. But if you don't know, I believe that this person hasn't even realized that they've got it. But so you, the symptoms is low energy, fatigue, easily bruising, uh, and easily getting sick. Just a note, is there anyone? Put your hand up if you know that. Is anyone like that? That's all right. We'll come forward later. Okay, I'm just letting you know. So when we, when we pray for those people, 2,000 years ago, Jesus has healed all sicknesses. So what we're doing is saying, hey, bone marrow, line up with the Word of God. Sickness, Go. He's defeated all principalities and powers. If there's any demon spirits in there, get out of there in the name of Jesus. You have been defeated. You have no right to be in here. You need to get out. And this is the bit that um, a lot of people I find still a little bit confused. You also died to sins. Some people say, well, I can't sin. No, no, that's not what Romans 8 says not that you can't sin is that you don't have to sin God has set you free like the analogy is that we were we used to be in bondage in Egypt and we had Pharaoh who was our taskmaster beating us and so sin is like you know even in in gospel of John I think John 8 it says those who sin is a slave of sin Jesus has set us free so that we don't need to sin note the difference It's like the analogy is like, imagine you used to work in a pizza shop, but you you quit because you've finished uni and now you're like an accountant. So your pizza shop boss rings you up and goes, hey, Bob, uh, we spilled some coffee in in, in the shop. Can you please come in and, and clean it up? Your reaction should be, why are you calling me? The fool goes back to the pizza shop and cleans the mess. But you are no longer employed. That's no longer your boss. That's no longer your master. Are you hearing me? When you accept Christ, Jesus is your master. You don't need to obey sin anymore. When sin calls you and says, hey, get angry. Hey, you know what? Look, be lustful. Look upon. Do this. Have a smoke a cigarette. You don't need to obey it. Are you following me? Amen. Thank you so this is what we are called to do God get this get this you know we say that God's in authority God has given us his name God has given us his spirit you know in Matthew 28 it says You know, the first time I read it it says all authority has been given to me Therefore, you go. The first time I read this scripture, I'm thinking, if all authority has been given to you, Jesus, why do I go? (laughs) All authority has been given to me, says Jesus. I've got all authority. And he goes, you go. It's all right. Just a little kid kicking the ball. (laughs) Focus eyes on me, eyes on me. Hello, Look, look, look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me. It's okay. It's okay, look at me. All authority has been given to me. Why do I go? Are you with me? The reason for that is that we are the body of Christ. Jesus says, all authority has been given to me. Therefore you go because you and me are one. If you lay hands, I lay hands. If you go, I go. If you speak, I speak. If you don't, I won't. Are you following me? You guys are... (laughs) Corey Turner, a pastor of Numa, says that. Without us, God won't. Without Him, we can't. We are the glove, He is the hand. You know, there's a song where you go, I go, what you say, I say. Well, that's what it is. All authority has been given to me, therefore we go. Go and preach the gospel. Why? Because we're the body of Christ. So this is amazing in that it's privilege, it's responsibilities, and at the same time, it is a, a responsibility. It's because we can't go, hey, God, why don't you do something? Why don't you... Feed the poor, and God's like, Why don't you feed the poor? God should stop the war. Why don't you stop the war? Ouch, isn't it? It's our responsibilities. You know, in Australia, I think there's only about truly one or two percent people that are born again that are living for God. You know, you can say that there's 60% that are claiming to to be Christian, but there's not that many living for Jesus. And what we need are not any more people confessing Christ, but what their life, they deny Him. We need to be a company of people that are sold out for God. Are you following me? I'll finish off with this. Let's go to John chapter 3, verse 1 to 7. I am somewhat on time, hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. <laughs> Thanks, who's that? Amen. Wrong time to say amen. But... There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by, by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know you're a teacher that came from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So Nicodemus says, Rabbi, how are you performing these miracles? Jesus replied with, Unless you're born again, you can't see the kingdom. do you love it when Jesus looks? How are you performing these miracles? You must be born again. What? These miracles, I'm not, I'm not talking about born again. I'm talking about miracles. How did you do those miracles? Jesus says, unless you're born again, you can't see the kingdom of God. Those miracles are part of the kingdom. He said, it like, how did you do, those, do you do those miracles? That's the kingdom. Isn't it? Jesus came along and go, tell everyone the kingdom is at hand. What does it mean? It's within arm's reach. You know how I said last time? It's like, we are the portable temples of God. You know what temples are? A place where people can meet God. Where is the Holy Spirit now? In us. If you believe in Jesus, you have the Holy Spirit within you. And when people come near you, they are coming. They are within vicinity of the temple of God. God should be able to come out and touch them. Word of knowledge, prophecy, healing, love. Because you are the temple of God. People out there don't go to church. You become the church out there. This. Is why we are born again. Yes, we get to go to heaven one day, but you know what? It's because heaven is within us. Heaven enters into us so that when we shed this body, it's like we're already in heaven. You don't need to meet Jesus because Jesus lives within you. And what it is, is a shedding of this, this covering and the true identity gets revealed. You, you go from being a sinner to become sons and daughters. You went from, you know, having all this handwriting of, of charges against you, being ripped up. You Now you go from the bottom, you go back to the top, you sit in heavenly places. That's what you get. Are you following me? You know, some people say, hey, um, how much sin can I commit and go to heaven? Like in a... I'm going to mention this one day, but a lot of people think in terms of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. God says, "Eat from the tree of life." If you eat from the tree of life, you see everything in terms of life and death. Like this is this is how it works? In the tree of knowledge, for example, He says, "You know, thou shall not commit adultery," and you think, "Oh, adultery is bad. Adultery is sin, right?" Which is right. But if you're from the tree of life, you see adultery as death. what do you mean? I've seen a friend who was going hard for God. He was sharing the gospel, getting words of knowledge. He wasn't doing that before. started becoming alive. He got married and within a few months, his wife left him. Shacked up with some other guy. He just stopped. To this day, he's still not right. Like he he got himself, within two years, he got his heart right. But he lost. I, I watched him from being on fire to stopping, standing still within two years. And it's not even his fault. Are you following me? So people go, can I commit adulteries to go to heaven? It's like, you don't understand what adultery is. Because anything that God terms sin is harmful either to yourself and or other people. That's why he doesn't want you to do it. Are you following me? We had Peter last last week sharing a testimony. She says, at the age of 12, my parents got divorced. And, you know, I started becoming angry, rebellious. I don't know why. And I'm like, I know why. Your parents got divorced. Yeah. And, and that's not a singular thing. It happens all the time. Yeah. Because divorce, if you see it as death, it becomes different. Yeah. You can go, oh, divorce is sin. No, no, no. divorce is death. Yeah. So it's like, I can divorce and go to heaven. It's like, no, you're pretty silly. Because if you get divorced like three, four times, you... When I was in my 20, I watched my friend. He was 40-something. He's got a business. He got divorced, and he ended up sleeping in my couch. I was 20-something, and I've got nothing in my house. But he had less because he's lost his house. He lost his wife. He lost his house, and he's lost his children. Can I still go to heaven? It's not about heaven, man. It's like you just, you just tasted death. Divorce is death. It's like you just lost everything. Things in your life die. You lost relationship. Instead of being able to kiss your kids goodnight, now it's every once in a while instead of just being able to build your wealth continuously, now, back to zero. You've got to rebuild your life. Are you following me? Yeah. That's why God says not to do it, because it's not about tree of knowledge, good and evil. It's because He wants the best for you. Yeah. It's more, more a life to not be divorced. Like, you know, I watch my, I've got a family and a, and a young son. You know, when I was in my 20s, God sold me the li- I mean, the world sold me the lie that, That partying and drugs and alcohol was the meaning of life. I destroyed my life, went to prison. My mom put a hole in my mom's credit card. And you know what? I look at my son now. I'm thinking, I'm 46. It's like, gee, I wish I was younger to be able to start a family. I discovered that God was right. And the lies of the world is foolishness. I saw that it was death. You're following me? So Christianity is more than praying a prayer. It's about being set free from Egypt, free from the domain and the control of Pharaoh. And now you're going forth to possessing your promised land. This is why after accepting Christ, you should continue on. Continue in the word. We've got a course in it run by yours truly and his team. It's called Jesus Journey. It's, a, it's like a life group for new believers. It's a place where you can ask any questions about Jesus within topic and, and we'll answer it. So it's a life group for new believers and we'll get you grounded, we'll get you connected. You know, we we'll just teach you some five fundamental stuff because there's a lot of things that we can, we can teach. But it'll, it'll get you started in the right in the right direction. So, if you are a new believer in this room, uh, we have we have the course once every term. So, it's starting again in a couple of months, uh, sign up through our website and you know get. The, that's why it's called starting the Jesus journey. Start your Jesus journey, amen. It's not just about praying a prayer. It's continuing on. It's about being free. And the more you walk with God, you enter into this life and life more abundantly. I'm no longer in debt. I'm no longer fighting with people. I've got a family. I've got a roof over my head. I've got a job that I love. My life is awesome because I'm following Jesus. Now look at my life back then. It was messed up, man. Troubles, dramas, people fighting this. You know, before I got saved, you know, when you're on drugs, you end up in random people's homes. We end up in this guy's house. Barely knew him. Two weeks later, he got shot by the special operations group because he was getting arrested and he decided to charge the with a samurai sword. I was entering a realm called death. People around me were dying. You following me? Can I get every head bow, please? Worship team. If you haven't been born again haven't said, you know what Jesus, I give my life to you I choose to follow you this day I'm going to give you an opportunity right now who in here have not accepted Christ as their Lord and Saviour, can I get you to lift up your hand please it is the start of an amazing journey the only regret I have is I didn't start this journey sooner. My life was totally messed up. I was depressed. I was sad. I was hopeless. I had no future. I didn't know where life was going. I took drugs just to medicate myself. And then when the drugs wore out, I was still depressed, still sad, still upset. So if that's you, and God is tugging in your heart, would you be brave enough to lift up your hand and say, you know what, Jesus? I want to begin my journey with you today. I want to follow you. I want to make you my Lord and my Saviour. get everyone to just repeat this prayer after me. Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for dying on that cross for my sins. Thank you that right now that I as I invite you into my heart, I am joined to your death, burial, and resurrection. And today, I became a brand new creation in Christ Jesus. Fill me with your spirit and make me brand new. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for joining us today. To learn more about Fire Church, head to our website firechurch.com.au and don't forget to connect with us on social media, on Instagram fire.church, Facebook firechurch and YouTube firechurch.tv. Have a blessed week.